0: Welcome everyone to the Friends That Carry On podcast, where we dive deeper into our trips, unpack tips, and everything in between. Now sit back, relax, and get ready to go on a trip with your favorite group of friends.
1: Hello and welcome to the Friends That Carry On podcast. We are a group of friends who love to travel the world and share our adventures with our listeners, hoping to inspire Uh, Initially, FOMO within our own friends, uh, but hopefully uh, inspire, do the same thing with our listeners to get you out there and traveling. So uh, anyhow, we've dedicated a podcast to doing that. Today uh, is a special episode. This marks our 50th episode. So that's a little milestone for the Friends of Carry On podcast. And to celebrate that, we've got a, a very special guest. We have Jen Lee from Travel Planners International with us today. Welcome, Jen.
2: Well, hey, guys, congratulations on your happy episode-versary. Yeah,
3: <laughs> thank <laughs> it's you.
1: Great
2: to Thanks be here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, <laughs> sure.
1: Well, Jen, uh, I know, uh, obviously, you've got a, a, a big travel background. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Sure, yeah. So I'm the VP of sales and marketing for uh, uh, an, an agency. They call it a host agency in the travel business. Um, we, we support about 4,200 small business owners across the country, all travel advisors or agency owners that have advisors working with them um, who are passionate about turning their, you know, their, their love of travel into something profitable and, you know, share their experiences and their expertise with the world. Um, I actually only joined the industry about four and a half years ago. I came from a small business consulting background. And worked with a lot of small business owners, solopreneurs, people launching a business. You know, they were excited about something, but they weren't quite sure, um, you know, how to to make it happen, how to make it profitable, how to market themselves. And uh, TPI is how we're referred to in the industry, um, hired me as a consultant. And then I got in there, guys, and I was like, holy guacamole, there are some seriously passionate, fabulous individuals in here. Uh, The industry itself has been around for a long time. Um, it's gone through a variety of different uh, renditions um, you know, due to the way um, they've been paid. So back in the day, um, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 54, I think. Yeah, I'll be 55. I think I'm fifty. I always forget how old I am. Anyway, um, I remember back close. in the days. Yeah. yeah, very close, right? I remember back in the day, you had to go to a travel agency to buy an airline ticket. Do you remember that?
1: Oh, yeah. We were and, uh, talking about that the other day. Tony and I started traveling together in the late 90s, and trying to remember how the yeah. heck we booked the trip. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I can remember sitting in my Delta. I'm a Delta freak. I love Delta, and I was sitting in the Delta plane because I traveled for a living anyway. And you would go in that little book, and you'd have to thumb, thumb through the book, and you'd see where you could, you know, get your connections, and you'd call a travel agent. But anyway, so it's gone through a lot of renditions, and then of course with the online travel agency coming on board, um, that you know your Expedia's and Travelocity's and stuff. Still didn't put the travel industry out of business or the agency side to it out of business. They just kind of pivoted, right? They made adjustments. And um, it's happening yet again now during this um, COVID um, debacle uh, that we are dealing with here in the country and across the world, quite frankly. But I came four and a half years ago. TPI has been around for 33 years, started by mom and dad, Gagliano. And uh, we've been supporting travel agency owners ever since. So You know, we do a lot of business every year and put a lot of people out on the road to enjoy the world.
1: Nice. Nice. Now, uh, uh, as TPI, you say they've been around 30 some years. um, Mm -hmm. Did they originally start off as just uh, an individual travel agency and then it grew to a host agency? And then how did that transformation happen to becoming a a host agency? Uh, And then, what are the benefits of, of being a host agency?
2: Yeah. Thanks for that question, Tony. It's a great question. Um, so they did. They started out as an individual travel agency. Um, Tony Senior, who is um, we refer to him as dad. He's not my dad, but if you met him, you'd want to be his uh, his child. He's their adorable. Uh, Tony and Marietta started out as their own travel agency. And then they realized we're here in Central Florida in Orlando. And um, they had a lot of friends that lived up in New York and people from all over the country. And people wanted Somebody to help them come down, so they started putting together packages, tour packages, to come to Orlando and go to, you know, go to the Mouse House and what else could you do here in Orlando. So they started kind of being a little bit of a supplier. And Tony came from an insurance background. He um, helped train um, life insurance um, um, agents. And um, he thought, well, heck, if I could do that in the insurance world, when they had a similar model, what the host agency model is, they had a very similar model in the insurance world. And he said, why don't we do that for the travel industry world? And at first he was, you know, kind of made fun of, but then other people started to realize, wait a second, this host agency is a great uh, a great way to launch a business and to be in business. And basically, what it is is you belong to, as an individual agency, you have your own brand, your own business, your own identity, but you partner with somebody like a TPI because we've negotiated the highest commission levels, we've negotiated um, additional incentives and perks. A lot of things consumers can't get on their own only if they utilize a travel agent a travel advisor um and so if we bring our 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 stuff together right if we bring it all under one roof we're more powerful that way and then it when the um otas came out the online travel agencies came out and when airlines stopped paying commissions to travel agents a lot of the brick and mortar retail agencies went out of business and they went home you know quote unquote they lived they worked from home and so they lost a lot of their leverage um, because of the way the industry had changed. And that's when they started partnering with host agencies. So um, host agencies have become, especially now, have really turned out to be um, the lifeline to a lot of advisors because um, they can't, you can't manage all this on your own. You can't sell a variety of different um, products and be able to keep up with all of your commissions and you know, escalate all the issues. You just can't do it all on your own. So a host agency helps you with that.
1: Interesting.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you asked a really short question. I gave you a really long <laughs> answer. <laughs> But that's, it's, I think it's important. People don't understand, and and um, I know your audience is consumers as well as suppliers as well as travel agents. But So this message to me goes across all, all all points. You know, consumers, y'all, use a travel advisor. It doesn't cost you anything more. It actually can save you money in many cases. And you, you don't pay anything more. They're being paid by the supplier. And many of the suppliers, you know, the cruise lines, the all-inclusive the resorts, they happily – Pay that commission because they know that the travel advisor is the one that is taking great care of that customer, making sure that a customer's expectations are set properly, that they're being qualified, now they're managing that relationship until they show up and stuff. And then, um, you know, from other advisors, I, I just don't understand why any travel advisor wouldn't be with a host agency at this point. It's just, it makes no sense to me to do by it yourself, not whatsoever.
0: Yeah, it sounds like uh, now it's one of those situations where as, as everything has kind of grown, it'd be hard for an individual agent to really kind of stay on top and negotiate good opportunities in multiple mm-hmm. locations.
2: So mm-hmm. to, to be able to Trying provide, to- Yeah. Yeah, trying to track down the refunds or the future travel credits or future cruise credits and track down your commissions and understand all of that and still get the highest comm- yeah it's impossible. So it's it's a great and the thing is is the, as you guys know you've gotten to enjoy what travel brings uh, to you and uh, just as individuals and the people around you when you come home. Um, just imagine doing this for a living. You get to help people, you know change their life sometimes, kick start their 50 year marriage, you know, with a 10 day vacation. I mean, these are the things that travel advisors do. They're not booking engines. They they curate really cool experiences. Yeah. Um, you know, I we was, don't get enough time off as Americans. So we, it <laughs> needs to be utilized properly.
0: <laughs> I agree. I was going to say, I think Jim and I can uh, share the same sentiment. Like we were saying you know, 20, 30 years ago, you had to use a travel agent. And for some reason I had it in my head that, well, here's your, here's your planned 10-day vacation. Here's exactly where you're going to be at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, 5 o'clock on mm-hmm. Friday. You know, this is kind of what I had in my mind. And mm-hmm. it's just been recently that I, I think our eyes have been opened more to what travel advisors truly can do and it is providing some of those opportunities that you just don't really think of or would have access to on your own.
2: Wow, that's such an interesting insight. I would have never thought that. So it's so good that we're talking.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know
2: what they do? Um, I never used a travel advisor um, before, uh, and I always had – that's mostly because most of my travel was, you know, we'd fly to Wyoming or something. Or my husband and I would go to his grandmother's house in Alabama. I mean, it's very sexy to do that. But it was um, <laughs> it was business travel, right? So I'm like, I can just book my Delta Airlines flight all by myself, and then, then you go to a couple of websites, and you're like, this looks like a good hotel but that's booking travel that's not what travel advisors do they that that's that's the medium that that they have to you you end up on a plane you end up in a hotel but i love to share this story um, my husband and i were going to go to salt lake city and i just posted on our private facebook group for our travel advisors hey guys we're going to salt lake city anybody give me a good recommendation for a hotel now i'm asking travel advisors these guys know cuz most of the time they've been to them or they know somebody who's been to them so it's firsthand knowledge right and um, one of my advisors, Chip, said, oh, you have to stay at this one uh, little boutique hotel. It's part of the Kempton brand. And he said, listen, when you go to check in, um, tell them this password. And it was like a secret word that um, only if you were part of the Kempton newsletter and you like read the newsletter religiously and you understood what they did, did that did you even know about the secret word? So sure enough, we did. And they were like, oh, you know the secret word. Well, what would you like? Free parking. We've already upgraded your room now because you know the secret word. And we're going to send you a bottle of champagne. And now a travel advisor told me that, right? Because they know those ins and outs. It's the little things like that. Hey, make sure you ask for so-and-so at this restaurant because they know me. That's what a travel advisor does. And so um, it makes a trip way more... um, I don't know, deeper, I don't know, it's a it's juicier, it's a juicier trip. It's got more photos that you can take because you've got a better experience.
3: <laughs> it's that inside information sometimes too.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially if you guys are traveling as groups like you guys do, right? You all have different, you, you obviously get along. Is that a true statement or? Do you, no, yeah, most of time. Yeah, most therapy.
0: As long as we got a, we call it cafe therapy, right? Right, as long as we got a
1: cocktail in <laughs> yes. our hand, we, we get along great. <laughs>
2: Good, good. Well, I mean, a travel advisor would talk to all of you and just find out what's really important. And is there something Tony, that is there something Tony's celebrating or is there an inside joke that how hilarious would it be if a pig head showed up, you know, at dinner or what have you? Like, or if the pillowcases were pink, I mean, silly, stupid things like that, a travel advisor can make happen for you. So I can't speak enough about them, obviously.
1: Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, if somebody wanted or is either already a travel advisor or wants to become a travel advisor, especially with all the unemployment going on with coronavirus, uh, how do they get hooked up at least with uh, TPI?
2: Well, there is nobody else to get hooked up with. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> right. There's nobody else out there. No. Um, so uh, to get a hold of uh, TPI, just go to travelplannersinternational.com. And uh, we have a little chat feature there and Tammy Roan can take great care of you and answer questions. Um, there's another uh, website that a lot of people go to called host agency reviews and they uh, provide reviews on different host agencies. And you can just, you know, I always encourage people to shop around. Each host agency has a different uh, personality, you know, um, and that's okay. You know, we, 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 as long as people are out there selling travel, I don't really care who you're with. I obviously want you to be with us, but, Only if you're fun, hard-charging, passionate, want to make some money, and um, like being referred to as a rock star from time to time, um, then you'll fit in just perfectly with us at TPI. Um, But this is a good time. Mm, Go ahead, Mm Tony.
1: Oh, no, I was going to say, where's the rock star moniker come from? I noticed that on your website. Me. uh, (laughs) Because you're a rock star.
2: Because Well, because I started meeting these people and I was like, why are you calling them ICs? They referred to them as independent contractors. I'm like, these are small business owners. Remember, I came from outside of the industry. So, my clients, the people that I worked with, uh, you know, ended up on like Good Morning America and QVC and Shark Tank. And I was a regular on Fox Business News talking about entrepreneurialism and stuff. And so, you know, I came from outside and came in and I was like, holy moly, I cannot believe what these people do. This is incredible what they do. And they're not referred to in the format to which they really are. Um, They're badasses. I mean, they are just hard charging. They work seven days a week, they're so passionate about what they do. Um, and so we just started calling a rock stars and, um, carnival then picked it up. And I have an argument with Adolfo Perez who's the senior VP of carnival. I'm like, you, you realize you you copied TPI. I just wanted (laughs) to know I came out with Rockstar before you did, but whatever. Um, so, so yeah, so there's that. And a lot of people who have been furloughed or laid off or gone to early retirement are joining the industry. And some of them who were furloughed from the industry are like, I'm going to just start selling travel. I know my products well. I have a sphere of influence. And people still want to travel. So it's a really good time to join the industry.
1: Now, is for, for those first-timers coming from another industry, how uh, easy or hard is it to, to get up and running and, and get a book of business?
2: Well, I think that re- that's a great question. So first off, you have to go through some training. It's very important. Um, this is not about... Um, you know, you're dealing with people's credit cards and stuff. There's a lot of legalities behind having a travel agency or even being a travel advisor, so you need to go through training. And Tammy can help people um, make decisions on where to get their training from, basic training, and then from there, the book of business really comes from marketing. It just comes from telling people about it. And I always share with people, don't, don't, don't rely on your family and friends to book travel with you because they won't, um, because they know you as you know little Joe who you know, is always 17 in their minds and they just don't understand what you do and they're not going to trust you. Um, And they don't know that. um, They just don't want to have their vacation screwed up by somebody brand new. So really it's about utilizing social media. It's about um, spreading the word um, through your family and friends that you've opened up a travel agency and that you're excited to help people with. And we always recommend that you start with some sort of niche, like, I don't know selling cruises or hey listen i love going to italy and so i want to help people experience italy and it's really about marketing yourself and setting yourself up as you know someone who's passionate about it and can help them experience that as well and um a lot of it's through social media and word of mouth not that hard you just have to be willing to hustle you just have to be willing to do it
1: no no, well that's with any business um so obviously yeah so is there um Other than uh, marketing costs and spending on marketing, what is the, the entry cost for somebody that might be listening that wants to become a travel advisor?
2: you'd probably spend about four hundred dollars on training and then probably about two hundred dollars to join a host agency. Two to three to four hundred dollars depending. So let's say less than a thousand dollars to get yourself rocking and rolling. And then marketing does not need to cost you a dime. I mean social media marketing is free of charge unless you pay for an ad, which I don't recommend anyone doing when they're first starting because they don't they it's just not a good use of your dollars. Um, it's really about o- opening up a Facebook group. I did a whole webinar on this not too long ago, you know, crafting a community, a community of people that you want to serve, but it may ha- might have something that's, um, similar. So let's just use the person that loves uh, Italy. You know, you would create a community and let's just say you live in Naples, Florida, you know, um, Italian, you know, um, travel Italy for, Na- you know, Naples, Florida travel Italy group. And it'll be people and people will be Googling that. I'm looking for a group who loves to travel to Italy, you know, and I'm in Naples. And you start a group like that. And all of a sudden you start talking about Naples and Italy, Um, not not Naples, Florida, Naples, Italy. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize I did that, but that's what it was. (laughs) And, um, you know, you you just start talking about it and people start sharing best practices and um, start sharing their experiences. And all of a sudden people are saying, hey, can you help me go there? Into as simple as that nice. it's not
1: that hard it's just consistency nice um well I don't know if this is exactly off of that but sort of uh obviously we're podcasters and bloggers so we create mm-hmm. travel content and um and we work with Tima which I think you work with Tima as well or at least know the the folks at Tima yeah so absolutely. I know we're starting to to talk about uh mixing our worlds with travel advisors and content, uh, uh, makers like us and so forth. So, um, you obviously came into the industry a few years ago and started rebranding and seeing different changes. How do you see that part of the industry going?
2: I think it is a super smart next move, um, for two reasons. And I saw this two and a half years ago when I started meeting bloggers because I was listening to bloggers on stage and that, that was the content I was listening to at the time, not podcasters like you guys, but content creators through blogs. And you know, they were talking about how they travel here and they travel there and blah, blah, blah. And I raised my hand, I'm like, Now what do you do when somebody reads your blog and says, I want to go there, can you help me? They say, Oh, well, we tell them to call a travel advisor. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, yeah, but like who? Like who do you ta- how do you know who to send them to? They had no answers. And I was like, You realize and they don't want to be travel advisors for the most part. Many do, and some have become travel advisors, and they use that love of content creation as their way to be able to market themselves. Um, but it's two completely different skill sets. The content creator is a very different skill set than a curation of experiences where there's a lot of logic and a lot of follow up and a lot of you know details and crossing of the i, uh, crossing of the t's and dotting of the i's. Where in content creation world, in many cases, it's very like opinion oriented and just you know. Uh, dreamlike, storytelling. But if the two came together, I mean, what a knockout. I mean, most businesses have people that are called, I don't know, marketing people, right? So you have a business that's like the operations person, and then you have the front person. So why have they not connected is beyond me. I think mostly it's because travel advisors have been super busy booking travel. And have been really busy, simple marketing gets people calling them and then they get referrals. And so they haven't seen the need to think outside of it. And to figure out how do I work with that content creator to help them make money and to help me, me make money. And I think from the blogger standpoint, um, coming back across, it's like they don't know where to begin, who to contact. So I think it's a, it's a natural fit. Uh, speaking on podcasts, I had my own podcast seven years ago, and sure enough, that gives you lots of exposure. And I remember hosting my own podcast, going, "Who can I interview next?" Uh, we do the same thing with Facebook Lives, and so you want to entertain and educate your audience. And, um, and travel agency owners and advisors want to get a new audience. You know, they want to expand their audience. So to me, it's a it's a perfect fit.
1: Now, putting those to travel advisors and content creators together. Uh, The third part to the triad would be suppliers. So how does that Mm -hmm. uh, throw that into the recipe and the mix and how does that all come together?
2: Well, the only time anybody makes any money is when somebody travels. Let's start there, right? (laughs) So the supplier only makes money when someone travels. The agent only makes money when someone travels. And then, of course, in this case, it's with the blogger. So the suppliers are antsy and anxious to expand their customer base through the travel advisor community. Um, It's a lot less expensive to to pay a commission and maybe some marketing dollars to a host agency for a travel advisor to bring them a new customer than it is for them to take out out an ad during the Super Bowl or to send all those postcards that they send or to spend all that money on SEO to get a lead that they are now leading up to a call center agent to hopefully upsell the right information right so let's use a cruise as an example you know somebody might say oh i like i like this um you know royal caribbean um ad that i just saw on tv i'm going to call them and i'm going to book myself on that really fun looking ship But a travel advisor knows that, hey, maybe that might not be, that cabin is not the right cabin for that family. They chose an inexpensive inside cabin when this is a family of four, and we know that they have a a youngster and that baby should not be facing inward, like they would need a balcony, they shouldn't be facing inward overlooking Central Park, they should be facing outward over the balcony looking at the ocean for it to be quiet, or it's it's a family that wants to be near each other. So call center agents don't ask those kind of questions. Online travel agencies don't ask you those questions. They're not prompts to ask you those questions. It's what a travel advisor does that takes the whole experience into mind before they sell that cabin to um, that, um, that consumer. So suppliers, to answer your question, are they don't care where they get the business as long as it's highly qualified so they have a satisfied client. You know, imagine if it's that family with that infant and that family chose a balcony cabin that's on the seventh deck that overlooks, you know, one of the noisier areas of the of the ship. That baby's not going to sleep and they're going to be disappointed because guess what? On a cruise ship, they don't sail empty. There are no other cabins to, (laughs) you know, send them to. It's like too bad, so sad. I know you're on here for seven days. So suppliers are desperate. They know they make more money when they have a travel advisor partner with that consumer. Um, so they're they're on board with it. Um, and you know, I'm sure they're they're sponsoring some content creators as well to help um, you know showcase their their products and their destinations in a way that feels more authentic versus it being you know, their camera crew running around, you know, the picture. uh, Don't you ever do that? Like if you've gone to some review site, like I do this with uh, on my Amazon account all the time. If I want to buy a sofa, there's the pictures that the the manufacturer provide, but then I go to the reviews and I look at the actual sofa in somebody's living room. That counts more than what the manufacturer does.
1: (laughs) Right. No, absolutely. It feels genuine and you get a good feel for it
2: right someone tells you the truth or at least <laughs> right. what they think the truth is. <laughs>
1: <Right.
2: huh? laughs> what they think it is so what do you guys think i know y'all love to travel what are your thoughts on traveling right now
1: oh wow well we want to ready to go
0: Depend, it
3: depends on the, <laughs> the time of the day and what you're hearing yeah i mean we've already yeah. had to cancel three trips so far this mm-hmm. year yep so that's yeah. been frustrating yeah. Uh, a lot of up, ups live? and downs.
2: Yeah. We're in
3: the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. We're about an hour from Washington, D.C.
2: Okie dokie. Okay. Well, so, and I know before we started, you were thinking about trying to go down to the Keys, correct? To Key West? We
0: have, a, we have a trip booked. We have it booked. We're <laughs>
1: waiting to see whether we can execute it or not. Yeah,
0: and this is the funny part. We were waiting and waiting and waiting, and then all the numbers were getting low. And we we're like, okay, mm-hmm. it looks like it's time to go ahead and book. And I swear, we booked, and what was it? Five days later, yeah. everything just started exploding. exploding. Yep. And we're like, Yeah. Oh my God.
2: Well, you just have to keep an eye on it. Here's the thing, and everyone has to check their own confidence level. It, you know, you should never hear anybody in the travel industry use the word safe because you can't say that for anything. Like, you just can't say, "Oh, it's safe to go to West Virginia." I don't know. You could have some crazy person that came in from Georgia that it could was make never it unsafe. Safe to you go know, you to West
0: Virginia. Right. 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 Well,
2: I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, like you should never use the word safe. It's really about, I think it's a balancing act now between the the local government is paying close attention of any place, of any destination. The local government is paying close attention. They're going to guide their businesses and their um, visitors appropriately. Um, Rest assured Right now, I would jump on a Delta airplane in a heartbeat because I know every bit of protocol that they are taking. I never got sick on a Delta plane to begin with, right, because and, and I used to wipe down. I, I was I was washing my hands before it was cool wash to wash your hands. I'm just saying. I've been doing it for a long time, and I'm never sick. But I would jump on it because it's never been cleaner ever, 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 ever. Um, you know, I would get on a cruise ship as soon as we do get to get on cruise ships because it will never be cleaner, and there's never more – over-the-top protocols that are being taken um, that are being taken into consideration. I mean, th- this would be the most confident time to go. So just pay attention to wherever you know you've got it booked for whenever. Just pay attention to what the local government is telling you because the local government is doing their absolute best. They have a vested interest in making sure their community members stay alive and that they're not sick. And um, and then it's really it's. It's a toss-up, just like with anything. It's a toss-up. Every time you walk out your door, it's a toss-up, whether or not you're going to make it back before COVID. So it's really, it's about you having a comfortability level um, and you taking the precautions that you think are important. Um, You know, I, it's not like people are walking around licking each other. And we did joke about that before the podcast. You are going to Key West, so that could be a little different. I might choose a different key if I were you. But, you know, it, it's not that, you know, people aren't, I haven't seen anybody sneeze, and I can't tell you how long. Can you imagine if someone sneezed at a restaurant right now? Everyone would be like, "Get the dirt! Like <laughs> on the floor. People would be freaking out, leaving the restaurant room before people would sneeze. And what did we say? We'd say, God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> now we're like, get the heck out of here! What are you doing, you demon? You're in the restaurant, and you just sneeze. <laughs> so it's like we're, we're looking at things a little bit differently now. Um, I you know I think we still have to live.
1: No, I you're you're right we, my family we were at uh took a little vacation last week and we're at a restaurant there's six of us around the table and i had um the drink go down my throat a little bit so i coughed <laughs> and my daughters oh. i mean literally looked around and were mortified and, and was <laughs> looking for like the the COVID police to come i'm like <laughs> i was just gagging on a little bit of water <laughs> Stop! oh it. my god can
2: you imagine i can't believe they didn't haul you out <laughs> i know right and haul you out well,
1: our our, <laughs> our children are
3: already embarrassed for us anyway, so <laughs> it right. right. doesn't take much. It right? right. doesn't take much more.
2: <laughs> no, it does. That's hilarious. That that'll be like the new joke, right? Like you better watch yourself, Missy. Otherwise, so I'm gonna start coughing in front of your friends. Like, right. You know, that's oh, like yeah. the new. That's the new threat. That's the new threat. Well, I want to know what they're gonna do with menopausal women. So I'm going through menopause, and I when I get a hot flash, I'm like, heaven, see If I get a hot flash right when I'm getting ready to get on a plane or a cruise. They're going to take my temperature, and I'm going to be denied. So I'm like, are they going to have a hot flash, you know, boarding zone area, like a waiting room for all of us ladies?
3: You'll need a, uh, a doctor's uh, slip or something to take with
2: yeah. you.
1: I think yeah. there's a whole book to be written on how to handle women's menopause, but uh, <laughs> that, that's a new chapter there.
2: It is. I'm telling you, we're cranky already. Now you're making me put on a mask. I was walking around the other day. I had a mask on, like, because I follow the rules. I'm a rule follower. had a mask on, but I had to open it from time because I was getting a hot blast. And then I have a fan that I use, like a portable fan. So I had the fan underneath my mask. And I remember one woman looking at me. She goes, is that helping or hurting? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not – I just don't want to die of my hot blast right now. I don't know what to <laughs> tell you. But I was like, am I spreading my germs? And I didn't realize it. Oh, my goodness, I'm such a bad – I'm such a bad resident here. So, but you got to do what you got to do. But, guys, the industry is strong Um the uh travel you just you really can't take the passion of travel away from people any longer you know people are just and even if we don't travel in 2020 you know maybe if it's 2021 i know a lot of people are like i don't even want to think about it till 2021 we just want like this entire year to be erased but it, even if you you got to get out of your house where there was a couple of governors that just recently said that it would be harmful to make the kids stay home, it would be more harmful from a psyche standpoint. And um, it's, you know, we have to travel, and so our industry is strong. Uh, we're very resilient. Uh, we've gone through many, many things before. This is the worst, no doubt about it. It's the most maddening. Um, it's got too many secrets to it to count because we just don't understand it. But the beautiful thing is, is people really do still want to travel, and so. You know, the majority of the suppliers, the cruise lines, the majority of the airlines, a good portion of the resorts are going to make it through because there's plenty of people um, with lots of money that said we believe in it so much and the pent-up demand is going to be redonkulous by the time 2021 comes around. Um, but if you feel confident and you feel comfortable, you know, travel in 2020 if you can. Um, we, need, we, we need to be able to... To, to live, you know, there's, there's too many things being missed out on because people are, are, are not able to travel to go see their loved ones get married or, you know, say goodbye to them or what have you. There's just too much of it. Honeymoons being canceled. That's the kickstart of your marriage, is your honeymoon. And it's, it's not a selfish thing to say. That does mean something. So, you know, if you feel comfortable and you feel confident, and if we just all wear our masks like good little US citizens, we will get it together and the numbers will start falling.
1: Well, let's certainly hope so. Uh, obviously with Europe being closed right now, hopefully that's very temporary too, but mm-hmm. you just, you know, obviously you said the travel industry is strong and, and, and it's going to be rebounding from this pretty quickly. What are some bold predictions you have, let's say for 2020 and then going into 2021?
2: I think um, I was just listening to a zoom call with Richard Fain, who's the CEO of the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line uh, family and with a governor, um, I can't remember what state, and they've put together, Royal Caribbean and NCL have come together and put together kind of a a task force, a safety task force. And I can promise you this, the moment they start sailing, um, which I'm praying is in September, the moment they start sailing, I would say 2020 would probably be the best time for anybody to travel because things are less crowded They are at the highest alert of cleanliness and protocols. Um, I think people will jump on those cruise ships like nobody's business because people who have cruised before, and I keep saying cruising because cruising is a huge part of our, uh, and I'm in the leisure travel side. There's the corporate travel side, which is a whole Another thing, and I, I'll, I'll refer you to somebody for you guys to interview on the corporate travel site because it's a very different animal. Mm-hmm. But on the leisure side, people people want to travel. So my bold prediction is, is that people will travel in 2020. They're already trying to figure something out. They're like, can I go to Cancun? Can I just go to Wyoming? Can I go to Vermont? Um, we, they will travel if given that opportunity. And then I think 2021 is going to be no holds bar. I think everyone and their brother is going to want to travel. They were, they were, their vacations have been stolen. A lot has been stolen by this virus in 2020, and I, I just, I think we're going to be really strong. I think there'll be a lot of uh, travel advisors who will reopen brick and mortars that have closed them down because people do want to have that relationship. Um, I think a lot of uh, consumers will get to understand uh, travel more through Zoom meetings and video conference calls and um, you know, more people will be comfortable uh, being on camera. And so, um, they're going to have some virtual type things, you know, where you're getting to walk through a a tulip field somewhere. Right. And then because they've got the Facebook live going on, they're going to watch it and experience it from afar and then book that vacation to go see it in person. Um, a lot more authentic,
1: right? a
2: lot more authentic experiences virtually. And then, then we can go.
1: And that's where we can come in. Uh, the suppliers can send us on trips, and, and we'll take these videos <laughs> and send them yeah. back so the travel advisors can, uh, can sell Absolutely. them. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. It's so true, though. It's so very true. Hey, I we can host a podcast from
1: anywhere. That's right. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, that's what people want. They want to hear from somebody who's standing right there. We have advisors right now that um, somebody who just went down to um, Cancun and she's been doing a video every single day with an update of here's what it, here's what you had to go through in the airport. Here's how long it took. Here's what it looks like now. And she just took videos of it now. here's Here we are at the resort. Here she took pictures of all of it. So everyone could kind of experience it with her. So they felt more confident uh, booking that.
1: No, but, yeah, I mean, I think,
2: I think we're going to be cleaner and um, healthier than ever before.
1: No, you're probably right. I mean, that's that's the overreach. When any, anything big like this happens, uh, the natural thing is to overdo everything, which is fine in mm-hmm. this case. So, yeah, I, I agree right. with you 100% there. Yeah. So well, I
2: want to know, are you guys going to go to the Keys? Are you going to make it happen?
0: I mean, right now we're we're still planning on it. I, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I think the biggest thing, um, at least for me, I haven't really talked to Jim specifically about it, but is it's just the locations are open. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not expecting full capacity, but I, I would like to at least be able to go to the restaurants and be able to sit mm-hmm. outside and you know do what you're supposed to, wash your hands, wear your mask. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, you know, I know they've closed the bars, which is fine, but. If they, if they get a little tighter because you don't know what's going to happen in the next two weeks. Right. That's been the only concern yeah. that we've really had is yep. just making sure there's yeah. something available to do. Exactly.
2: Well, the, the, uh, the, the state closed all the bars, I believe, is what yeah. it was, right? I yeah. don't know. I live here in Florida. I went to a restaurant <laughs> that has a bar, and we, we could
1: drink. So, yeah. From we what I understand, if your revenue, uh, if over 50% of your revenue comes from alcohol sales, then that's what they closed down. So mm-hmm. if you're a restaurant Correct. that has a bar, you're all right. Or you can be yeah. open or sell to go drinks or I don't know the fine details, but I know something Isn't that
2: about... hilarious? Isn't that hilarious? It used to be they would tackle you if you left the bar. Well not in the keys, <laughs> right. but anywhere else they would tackle you if you left the bar. Now they're like, How many drinks to go can we serve you? You know, and they put it in like a plastic cup, like it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, I it makes sense to me, but it just cracks me up. What well, before was like the worst thing since like bread, because I always walk out with a glass of wine just to see if anyone stops me, just because I just want to get away with it because I'm just that kind of girl. And um, I always go back because I'm like, they didn't stop me. They're like, how do you do it, and I'm like, You just walk out like you know what you're doing. So, and, and I do. I make it outside a restaurant all the time with a, a full-on glass of wine if I want. And then I go back in because I don't feel. But anyway. You have to get refilled. Um, <laughs> <Right>. yeah totally <laughs> but um it's 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 just so funny now it's like yeah and you can have alcohol served and to go and you can have it delivered to your home i mean it's going to create some new habits and some new alcohol well, downtown
3: I mean. shepherdstown here uh, where we live uh they've never offered outdoor dining or you couldn't have any we, sort of dining on the sidewalk you, could you couldn't you couldn't have couldn't, or you couldn't or have alcohol little, right, yeah. and now yeah. they're allowing it yeah. Uh, so there's several restaurants with seating set up outside, and they're serving wine and cocktails yep. on the sidewalk, it's and it's, uh, it, 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 I, I kind of like it.
0: I love it.
2: Yeah. Love yeah, we love lifestyle. that down here in Florida. Well, I think it's great. We're going to definitely learn some things along the way. I've certainly enjoyed uh, listening to y'all's podcast, so I hope you make it down to the keys. I'm going to send you the name of my friend Billy who owns that uh, – uh, jet ski rental and catamaran rental and um maybe he can help you out oh definitely
0: because yeah. it's not a question of if we go it's just whether it's the next yes. two weeks or it's going to be next two months or we'll, we'll yeah. be down there again that's for sure
2: okay good
1: good well great well, uh, jen i know you got to run and we really appreciate your time a uh, lot of great information there um So anyhow, do you want to give the Travel Planners International information or contact information one more time?
2: Yeah, you guys go to TravelPlannersInternational.com if you're interested in uh, joining a host agency or becoming a travel advisor. We're happy to walk you through it. If you are a travel advisor and um, you're with somebody else, that's cool too. I'd love for you to go to TravelPlannersInternational.com anyway and scroll down to where you see resources. And we have a free 31-page A resource guide that you can download that's got videos and email banners and um, really great webinars, a lot of things uh, COVID-related to help you kind of get through this time. It's called the Fiercely Forward Formula, and that's free of charge, no no, um, no obligation of any sort. It's just our gift to the industry. Um, And if you're a consumer, call your local travel advisor. Get on your Facebook page find a travel advisor, and utilize them. They're small business owners. They don't make money unless you travel, and it will save you time. Um, It'll make a much better experience for you, and it won't cost you anything more. So uh, those are my little plugs.
1: All right. Well, fantastic. We really appreciate it, Jen. Uh, Well, that wraps up another edition of Friends of Carry On uh, podcast, our 50th episode. I I need to stress that. That's a nice little (laughs) milestone for us. And uh, please follow us. Uh, You can go to our website at com or any of the social medias at Friends of Carry On. uh, And uh, hit the subscribe button. So you can subscribe for free or we have a... A uh, package coming out for fans of Friends of Carry On that have a lot of great member benefits, which we'll be going into in more detail here uh, very shortly. But once again, thanks for tuning in to Friends of Carry On. And until next time, hopefully you're out there traveling. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.
0: Be sure to join the Friends next week for another great discussion. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also find the friends and other content at www.friendsatcarryon.com, or check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching Friends at Carry on. Thanks again for joining us, and don't forget to carry on, friends!